if you're feeling like you're in a hole and you can't get out, sometimes talking about it can lift you at least to a slightly more shallow hole, (laughs) you know? Hello, friends. Hello, friends. (laughs) And welcome back to another episode of Pickles and Vodka. Why are we laughing so much at ourselves? I don't know, because we're stupid. (laughs) We don't take ourselves very seriously. Yeah. Uh, But Pickles and Vodka is a mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. I'm Christina. And I'm Lauren. Lauren, where are you at today? Um, I don't know. (laughs) All right, well, we can start there, I guess. Yeah, I I just feel like nothing particular has happened or changed. I'm just kind of even keel. I mean, that's not a bad thing. I think sometimes no, no, we I'm... don't appreciate those times when nothing is happening because we're so yeah. used to everything being like upside down all the time. That's why as soon as I said, you're like, I don't know, nothing's happened. And I was like, that's that's actually OK. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I've kind of also reached a point where I'm kind of numb. So last mm-hmm. week I was really depressed and yeah. this week I have also been very depressed. And so Thursday I actually talked to a coworker about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to advocate for myself and I'll leave it vague for now, but I'm, I'm trying to advocate for myself more at work. And so there was the possibility of something changing and then nothing happened. <laughs> like nothing no. came of it. <laughs> So like I basically I went out on a limb and I talked talked to someone and nothing's happened yet. Um, maybe that will change. But I anyway I feel really exhausted after that and just like numb. Yeah. Like nothing's <laughs> happening now and I'm kind of relieved. I know sometimes after you like make a big like choice or decision like I'm gonna do something for myself then it's just kind of like oh my god that was so taxing can I not do anything for myself for another week. <laughs> I know. Even sitting down to record this, like I, I usually feel jittery before doing this and like a little nervous, but today I'm I'm mm-hmm. already just kind of deflated, but not in a Aww. bad way. Just oh, okay. like like you said, even keeled. I'm ready to have a conversation. So it's my topic this week. Yes. You know, I feel like we're moving too fast. I want to slow down a little and read a lovely comment that one of our listeners oh. left on our Facebook Hooray. post. Um, mm-hmm. so. We're both really bad at updating the social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> uh, in the past, I, I've done most of it. And it's like when I'm feeling depressed, I just don't do it. Anyway, we did like a little intro post this week where we talked about like who we are and for new listeners who are wondering. Yeah. And one of our listeners, Christine, who has engaged with us before in the pickle polls, commented on our Facebook and it was so sweet. I just had to read it to you. So she said, You gals make my Mondays better. I look forward to listening. I started following last summer, but I truly don't know how I stumbled upon you, but I'm glad I did. (laughs) Thank you for sharing your lives with us. That's just what we want to (laughs) do. I know, Christine. Thank you so much. I'm I'm still really embarrassed for thinking that you were a different Christine than I went to high school with. (laughs) We won't talk about that anymore. (laughs) I I also liked... um, Whoever left the comment on our um, on our Twitter that called us an iconic duo. <laughs> oh, yeah. That made me so happy. <laughs> I, I feel a little bit of an imposter when someone calls me that. 
I liked it. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to compliments, obviously. Just dead air. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. I know. Um... Oh, this week I got to tell someone on Instagram what body checking was. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So there's this uh, photographer. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm trying to pick up my phone and my fingers are all sweaty because, you know, I get I still get nervous before recording this podcast I've been doing for four years. Right. <laughs> um, there's this photographer I follow and she posted this nude. Uh, she uh-huh. has scoliosis. And so, you know, a lot of her work tells the story of her scoliosis journey and um yeah she posted a screenshot of someone who said this is an obvious body check i'm unfollowing you essentially (laughs) and in the comments i noticed um a few people were asking what that was and even the photographer Mm. was like i don't know what that is yeah (laughs) and so i'm trying to fuck i'm so proud of this comment i didn't realize (laughs) that like people didn't know i mean i kind of understand I would, I would be surprised that so many people like rang in, like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> well, yeah, if you don't know, um, so here's what I said. Body checking, at least in my experience, refers to the practice of taking photos of your body to combat dysmorphia caused by eating disorders. Like, I think I look one way, here's a photo to prove to myself that I don't. It can be toxic because some people, again, me in the past, will post them in places where more vulnerable people might see and be triggered because of the way they make them feel about their own bodies. Source had bulimia for 16 years and was active in online communities. So this is very common. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I remember joining Peach in like 2017. And mm-hmm. Peach is the, the underground eating disorder community where Lauren and I met. <laughs> yes. Um, I remember joining and I didn't know what body checking was. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing people post them and it was kind of triggering. But like, yeah. that's what I wanted back then. Like I wanted... Right. The motivation, you know? Yeah. And also, I think to a degree, it can be refreshing to see people post, like, you can use it as a tool to process, like, your feelings about your body. And, like, it Mm -hmm. does help sometimes to see, okay, this is what I look like. Yeah. But but I would say it's overall negative. I don't know. What what do you think? Yeah. I know by the time, because I, you know, we've talked about that I had been in other kind of like online communities and that was kind of how I found Peach because they, those like disappeared on me. Yeah, um, they tend to do that. Yeah, definitely by the time I got there, I know that I was just totally over it. I was just kind of like, yeah, I know what you're doing. Um, I, I know that you're begging for attention and I don't think that's wrong, but that's not the kind I feel like giving. But the, I'm trying to remember, yeah, like when I first found out what it was, because definitely in past communities that I was in, yeah, it was either like, I, I'm going to like search all, all of these because I specifically want to trigger myself or I'm just kind of involved in your journey. I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, it was positive or negative. <laughs> As with everything we talk about on this podcast, you know, there's a lot of gray areas and mm-hmm. I mean, who are we to determine whether something's good or bad? We're just here to talk about it. Right. You know, use and your I, own judgment. And I also felt bad, I know, in some of that stuff, because like this other person, like I'd feel like I don't want to like deal with this person's body, obvious body checking. But I realized that some people legit don't mean it that way or don't realize it's coming that way. <laughs> some people really do. And those people, yes. like, you know who Eugenia Cooney is? Yes. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't even talk about it on here. I know. But yeah. That is some, an there's, some, there's certain celebrities that are 
are obviously sick and they continue to post mm-hmm. very obvious pictures of like their bodies in ways that are triggering and just no sense of responsibility about it. That's the thing, responsibility. Like I admit I have a folder of body checks still on my phone. Mm-hmm. that I've been taking over the years and like sometimes I'll go through them and it makes me really scared and really sad to see mm-hmm. how sick I was but then I start thinking like okay you're basing the validity of your eating disorder on how much you weighed or like how sick you looked you know that's yeah. dangerous in and of itself and I keep meaning to delete it I just can't it's like one of my guilty pleasures yeah is pleasure and, the and right word no I, I get what you mean though because I've I feel that way too um but I think I've tried to at least, I don't know if it's a healthy combating or not, but I know that I can look at other pictures where I could just be, you know, an average weight or look normal on the outside. And I can like remember that specific day. And I'm like, oh my God, I was in such a bad place there. Oh my God. Yeah. The pictures that I look the most quote unquote normal, I was the sickest in many cases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and again, we can't say it enough on this podcast. Your weight is not necessarily an indication of your, the severity of your eating disorder. Like at the end of the day, weight can be a symptom or like, um, I don't know. It can be an indicator, yeah. but People should not go just by weight. It's ridiculous. But I definitely uh, feel like those pictures are actually the ones that hit me harder today because it just kind of, I mean, it's almost like a flashback. It's like it puts me back there and I'm just like, oh my God. That was Wait, a were, you looking, time. were you looking at old body checks today? No, no, no. I was saying the, the pictures that look fine. Right? Oh. Like it was a bad point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's wild. I am a very nostalgic person and I will spend hours on my phone just going through old pictures and just making myself feel a lot of complicated feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Though also another another thing I found is around like, I feel like 2.30, 3 o'clock, you know, I'm going to get out of work at, at 4.30. That's when I start like missing my animals. <laughs> And so that's what, that's the time when I find like I'm sitting at my desk, I'm just kind of ready to go home. And I just start, I realize I start scrolling and I'm like, oh, look at all these cute pictures of Pico and Meatball. <laughs> oh my God. And it's like, I'm going to come and see them soon. <laughs> and that, that gets me through like the last hour. Okay. I thought I was the only one that did that. I will, at work, no. I will go through pictures of my animals as babies and just like make myself cry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll do it at home too sometimes when my animals are literally on the bed next to me and I'll be going through old pictures of them and sending them to my partner who is in another room and just like (laughs) being offended when he isn't as emotional as I am yeah I feel like when I'm doing that at work sometimes like I have the feeling almost as if I'm looking at them like in memory like they're gone and that's what I have to remind (laughs) myself it's like in two hours you're gonna see the real thing (laughs) I don't I don't drink alcohol anymore and text people drunk I, I I will text everyone I know stone cold sober endless pictures of my cats and they they're yeah, annoyed with like, me for different reasons now like look at this picture of her from two years ago <laughs> why don't you love this as much as I do yeah I mean we have instagrams for our pets we're pretty bad yes yes <laughs> we're pretty bad um, at Ruby and Little Fang. Those are my cats. Go follow them. Yep. I mean, I feel like Pico Suave is iconic because that's just who I communicate on now. But I did. Big news. I gave Meatball his own. It is Meatball Little Monkey. Oh, yeah. Meatball Little Monkey. I'm excited <laughs> to follow. Mm-hmm. He's still growing up. <laughs> yeah. He's only like 10 months now. Oh, we love cats and dogs and yeah. everything. We just, yes. we're a pet-friendly podcast. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I guess we should get into the topic. Okay. So 
Like I said, I've been feeling really shitty and I've been doing everything I can to get out of this hole and nothing seems to help. And I feel like a lot of us are stuck in this area where Mm -hmm. we might know what we need to do to get out of it, but we can't do it yet for whatever reason. Um, Maybe it's internal. We just don't have the strength, you know, the spoons, if you will. Maybe it's external. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. I don't know, healthcare. It's like, yeah. you know, oh, sometimes you're on one. waiting yes. lists for months mm-hmm. and you just, you've done all you can and you're just, it's literally just a waiting game. So like my topic today is how to help when everything sucks. <laughs> and I think it could be useful because I think a lot of us are either in the position where we are the person who needs help, but nothing helps or where, where we want to help a friend who's struggling, but literally nothing helps. And we might feel like there's nothing we can do. And so I wanted to spend some time talking about what has helped us. But I also want to talk about like, what doesn't help. Because I I feel like people should know that too, because there's a lot of things like you try to do that end up hurting Mm -hmm. worse. And a lot of it is so innocuous, like most of the time, it's well meaning. Exactly. I mean, I've got something right off the bat for Tell that. Tell me. I knew you would have a lot of <laughs> input. Which is when you are, when you're, yeah, just like struggling with something that that is like just kind of like that, like a mental health thing that's just sort of an amorphous problem. And immediately the person wants to find a way to fix it. Yeah. I mean, that is the number one thing in my notes that keeps coming up is trying mm-hmm. to fix it, like offering a solution, whether it's like an outright excuse me, whether it's an outright solution or like one of the things I wrote down was when people give you an influx of suggestions, but, Ooh, but they don't yes. give you a clear path to, to accomplish them or, or they don't offer themselves like t- to help. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so we have talked on the podcast before about having undiagnosed ADHD and speaking of something that takes forever to get diagnosed with as an adult, right. I mean, even with <laughs> health insurance, which I don't have. So that's, yeah. that's been my journey over the last few months is just like opening up to the idea that I probably have ADHD and like looking into ways I can treat it. And it's very depressing because there don't, there aren't a lot of options and nothing seems to really help right now. Yeah. And so, um, One thing that does not help is when people give me a lot of suggestions, because as someone who probably has ADHD, it's too much. I don't have the focus to narrow them down. And Mm -hmm. the steps to getting them done are are so numerous that like I it's so hard to narrow down on one thing. Like I need someone almost helping me every step of the way. Yeah. And it's just it doesn't help. And it makes things even worse. Yeah, I feel like I've as far as me, I mean, I've gotten some things that I can do with health insurance, but they're just kind of like really general. Like you can look up all of these things and try this. And I'm just kind of like, I need somebody to actually like make the appointment for me and say, say, go to this place at this time. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we're adults. We're established adults. I'm 30 or 42. Like we (laughs) shouldn't, at least this is what I tell myself. I shouldn't like, I shouldn't need someone to help me at this point. But the fact is, like, I do. I feel, like, so underdeveloped in so many ways. Like, in many ways, I feel like I am redoing my early 20s. Yes. And I I don't know how the world works, and I don't know how to use the resources available to me. No one teaches you that shit. No. I mean, I've talked in the past about my my struggle with... um 
going through like any kind of healthcare because my family pretty much just like shunned it when I was a kid. So yeah, I, I didn't even witness it. So yeah, I, I feel like I've just been plopped down like somebody who is like 21 and suddenly off their parents insurance for the first time. And it's kind of like, I got to figure this all out. <laughs> exactly. I mean, now it's, it's like, I'm actually double that age. and I'm yeah. just figuring it out. I'm low-key jealous of my siblings who are under 26 and they still have mm-hmm. my parents' health insurance. Like, I tell them all the time to take advantage of it because, like, what I wouldn't give to be in their shoes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but with that said, there's still a lot of barriers to care mm-hmm. and it can be overwhelming. And so, like, a lot of the times also, as adults who have struggled with this stuff for the majority of our lives, we know what's available to us. Like, we know what we should do a lot of times. We just don't or can't do it for whatever reason and so a lot of times when people suggest things that are like like maybe you could join a community clinic and like find a free therapist or like better help oh my god if one more person suggests better help to me it's like I know these things are (laughs) out there it's yeah you know for whatever reason I just I that's not what I need right now is you telling me this as you're saying this I realized I actually have a really good example from just this week excellent um Yes, a friend of mine, she's struggled with money a lot, and um, she actually had her car got repossessed this week. (gasps) Oh, fuck. And yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it must have happened Wednesday because she was asking me, like, is there any way, you know, like, I'm trying to just find rides to work for the rest of the week, and then I should be able to, like, work things out to get it back. And, um, it, it turns out she works like literally halfway between my apartment and my own job. So, <laughs> so I told her, I was like, oh, that's super easy. You know, I, I can pick you up after work on Thursday. And if you want to stay here overnight, I can take you in on Friday. So we did that. And then she asks me later, she's like, hey, can I ask you for another favor? Um, can you lend me like 50 bucks so I can get my meds refilled? And, you know, I can pay you back as soon as I get, like, my taxes in. And, you know, like, going back to a, a another episode of Boundaries, I mean, this yeah. was really uncomfortable for me. But I know I had to say, like, hey, I'm, I'm really sorry. But, you know, like, I, it's not that I don't trust you, but I have gotten burned in the past kind of recently where I lend money and never get it back. And also I have, like, these huge car repair bills, so I can't just be, you know, like, throwing money around yeah. if I don't know when I'm getting it back and she and she totally understood but when I was saying this then what I wanted to do is tell her why not and say would you be able to ask like a coworker or someone else to lend it to you and as I was about to type that I was like you know how shitty I feel when people say that to me you know like I I can understand the I'm sorry I can't but then they're like why don't you try and do this instead? And I knew I hate that so much. So I was like, don't say that part. Yeah. And what happened What happened is she comes back and she's like, hey, you know what? A coworker was actually able to lend me the money. Oh, like, good. That worked you out. You found that out on yourself. I did not have to be the one that's like, let me tell you this like a mom. Why don't you try this? <laughs> I just feel like sometimes, yeah, someone is just like so insistent for themselves. It's like, I got to find a way to solve this. If I can't do it, I got to find their other solution where, like you said, we are adults and maybe, and we should find it by ourselves. I think like, I think you handled it perfectly. First of all that, and it turned out okay. But Mm -hmm. if you are going to offer, you know, alternative solutions, maybe take it a step further and be like, you know, 
do you like do you want me to text this person or something like that like offer an action that you can do rather than just yeah. be like you can text this person be like I think you know I have so-and-so's number do you need it or some I don't know is that that might be crossing a boundary too yeah but I mean I would say maybe just kind of ask them more is what I was thinking you know like would, would you like me to talk to a mutual friend or yeah fine with saying no yeah yeah I mean first things first I guess is just knowing what the other person needs or if you're the person who's struggling who is struggling like knowing what you need because yeah then that person could have answered like yes that would be great if you would help me out and do this or say no I'll you know like I'll, I'll try myself I'll you know <laughs> exactly yeah. like what do you need most of the time it's just like someone to listen mm -hmm. and to be available frankly yeah. um, and that is the thing that is really hard for me to ask for because as we know, being available in my life can mean different things. But mm -hmm. if, if I don't sense that a person is available to me, maybe not physically, but like emotionally available to me, I won't talk to them about my struggles. Like I'm not going to ask them for help. And most of the time I'll put a wall up, you know? Yeah, I don't mind so much asking people, like if I am dealing with something like, hey, can, can you listen to me for a moment? But what I am not good at is the afterwards, you know, I can say like, hey, can you listen? But I can't say like, and in response, I would like advice or in response, I would just like you to sit there and listen and be empathetic. I don't want advice. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just need a distraction, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't do that enough where I explicitly ask someone for a distraction Mm -hmm. I, I think I could save a lot of time if I just was like, hey, I'm feeling shitty. I need to be distracted. What are you doing right now? Or like, send me a meme. I don't fucking know. I'm really bad at, at doing this. Yeah, that's actually something that I think is really good. The um, the drop-in or the online drop-in support group that I go to sometimes, I know the um, the person that moderates that often suggests everyone has their time to talk and she says, you know, afterwards, like, do you want like some suggestions? Do you want advice? Do you want people to just relate? Do you just want them to listen and not say anything? So she kind of like really like pushes you saying that first of all, like what you're going to want from it. Yeah. And I mean, that's a great first step is just answering that question. What do you want from it? Yeah. Cause then some people start where they're just kind of like, Hey, I don't really want advice, but I'm just going to talk about where I am for a minute just to be heard. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's all you need. Like that, even though it is not a solution in and of itself, I think it can be a solution, at least a temporary solution to the way you're feeling. Like if you're feeling like you're in a hole and you can't get out, sometimes talking about it can lift you at least to a slightly more shallow hole, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and something else I'm thinking, like particularly people that are like dealing with some pretty intense depression, a lot of times you don't want the advice because you know you're going to hear it and think like, oh, great, another thing I can't do. Okay, so that is another thing on my list that doesn't help is when people are certain, like acting like they're certain they know what will fix me or they're certain they know what's wrong with me. That is a mm -hmm. big one when people act like they're certain because the thing is, especially when you're depressed, nothing is certain. I, so I almost did this episode on uncertainty, 
-hmm. And I might, you know, later down the road do an episode on this, but just when you feel like nothing is certain and then you have people in your life who, you know, quote unquote normies or whatever, and they're (laughs) telling you these things that Mm -hmm. like everyone deserves proper health care or like, you know, you deserve to ask for help. Um, You can get through this. This is going to pass. Things like that. Yeah. While certainly helpful, I think I immediately distrust it. And and that in turn leads me to distrust that person, even if I don't realize I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have anxiety. Um, I was listening to a conversation that I had with um, my ex-boyfriend and former guest, Andrew, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he defined anxiety as intolerance of uncertainty. And I think like part of us wants to feel certain, but but there's also a part of us that has been shaped by our experiences that won't let us feel certain about anything. I don't know really where, where I'm yeah. heading with this conversation. What are your thoughts? This might be uh, a loose relation or might be a good one, but I, I just kind of want to share this because it's the I feel like it's the best metaphor that I ever came up with in my life. Oh my God, <laughs> you've set yourself up there. I know, but but it, it was what I was thinking of when I when I thought of it is um, that that thing where people say you know like things can always turn around or you can always have hope you know just because it's been this way in the past doesn't mean that you know like this time that things can't be better or you can't get through this and I said what it, what it feels like when people keep telling you that and it just does not work out over and over is if somebody had two boxes and they tell you. I put a red marble in one box and I put a green marble in another box and they kind of, you know, like shift them all around and they say, pick one and you pick it and there's a red marble and they keep doing that over and over again and saying, pick a box and you keep picking it and it keeps being the red marble and you start to think, is there really a green marble? (gasps) Oh my God. That's such a great metaphor for like how I feel about mental health. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like people keep telling you, like, actually, there's a red marble and a green marble, but you just keep picking the same one. You're like, I don't think there is. Yeah, I think I feel like someone's tricking me here. Like, this is a yeah. this is a shitty deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is so good. See, I told you. <laughs> it's it's really good. Yeah, it's it's like uh, I don't know. I'm I'm still thinking about that marble metaphor. Honestly, I feel like I need to sit with it for a second yeah (laughs) yeah so like we've established what doesn't help what are some things that do help like we've talked about being available like what does being available mean to you like what is it that that lets you reach out to someone and not another person for help like when you're struggling um hmm I don't know something that helped me or just like I don't know was a good response recently and I really need to respond to this person because I really meant to. Um, I, I put out like maybe a month or so ago, I very rarely post on my Facebook and I just posted something that was, you know, just kind of like, uh, you know, I don't really say this much anymore, but I'm just kind of having a shitty time. And if anyone's available to talk tonight, and I even put it out there because I feel like I've done this before and I get people like responding the rest of the week. And I just yeah. said like, I'm having a rough time tonight. So if you're available to talk tonight and wouldn't mind, that'd be great. But just so you know, I'm probably going to like feel silly about posting this tomorrow. So don't bother later. (laughs) It's just if you're available tonight. That makes sense to me. Like that's smart. Honestly, we've talked about it in a recent episode. 
Yeah, because I feel like that's what's happened to me before is someone, you know, like, um, I can't tonight, but, you know, like in two nights I'm available for you. And I'm like, in two nights I'm going to feel like, why did I even say this? Well, that's just proves what we were talking about earlier, which is that we know that it'll pass. We don't need to be right. told that it'll pass because we already feel silly for feeling this way when we know that it's going to pass. Yeah. But so some, some friend, uh, sent me a message that I felt like was, a way to do that but it was like the perfect way to do that it was not in response they just um sent me a random message and like a cute video and was just like hey i thought you could use a pick me up today Aww. and i was like that's so nice that makes me feel like you read this you saw that sometimes i'm having a rough time and struggling lately but you didn't yeah like set a timer on it or say yeah like i can't do this right now it was just thinking later like Oh, she's been having a rough time. Maybe I should just like randomly put something out there. Listen, memes <laughs> are a secret yes. weapon. Like, I have an yes. arsenal of memes <laughs> that I can send out to anyone at any time. If you need a, a meme, just message us on Instagram. No context needed. Just be like, send meme and you'll get a meme. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what the video was, but it was like a cat or dog like being cute. So, of course, that made me happy. Of course. <laughs> When you don't have your own animals. <laughs> or even when you do. Even when you, you do, it's different their animals. Other ones are cute, yes. You can't have too many. You're right. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else that like definitely helps and then definitely doesn't help. Because there's a few things I have on my list that are like gray areas. Mm-hmm. Like depending on your situation, they can help exactly. or not yes. help. <laughs> um, oh yeah, so like in addition to being available, I think... One thing that helps is when people, like, can do activities with me. Yes. Like you said, distractions. Distractions. So so great. And especially activities that are, like, this might be a push to ask for, and, like, maybe it'll take a while to get to this point where you can do this with someone, but regularly scheduled activities. So, like, Mm -hmm. this podcast, for instance, every Saturday I know I have a commitment to show up Mm -hmm. at 1130 and do this with you. That helps a lot when it when it feels like nothing else helps I at least have that thing I can know that is going to happen and I can look forward to it or whatever Uh, sometimes I feel like I forget nervous about it but again it's like something that I've committed to and especially if you're someone who deals with suicidal ideation or like chronic depression like those things are so important yeah I'm when you were saying that like Something that I often find myself looking forward to, at least when the day comes around, is having a therapy appointment scheduled. Oh my god, yeah. And that's why it was so detrimental when I had the one that kept canceling all the time. Oh, that is... Because I would, especially because it was usually like last minute, it would be like that morning or sometimes that afternoon of the appointment, and I would have like... On that day, I'm building myself up, I'm preparing, and I'm just thinking, like, what has happened in my week that I want to talk about? Like, oh, it's going to be so great for someone to listen to this and this. And then, yeah, I get like, oh, it's canceled. See you next week. Yeah, I think, like, (laughs) this needs to come with a disclaimer. Like, if you are someone who is trying to suggest activities for your friend who's struggling, only offer if you know that you can do it. Only offer if you know you're going to follow through because, I mean, I'm a flaky person, I'm guilty of making plans and then canceling or even with myself. I will make plans with myself that I will cancel on all the time. (laughs) Me too. And it's like, maybe don't do that if you're not going to follow through because that that just makes it worse when you're dealing with the guilt of flaking or the guilt of like being flaked on. 
mm-hmm. in the midst of all this shittiness. And also, just just a side note on you know like the the topic of having something scheduled. Just wanted to say that um, one of our favorite listeners, Vicky. Vicky, we, have- we love Vicky. <laughs> Vicky, Vicky shot the photos in the video from our in-person mm-hmm. episode, and I know that we haven't posted that full video yet. Um, I've been depressed. I have not worked on it. <laughs> right. Um, it'll but, come. But eventually. some of the photos that we just recently posted were shot by her. Yeah. Shout out Vicky. Vicky, we love you. But but so she um, she invited me, and this is. We're doing this every three weeks because a lot of us don't live near each other and it's kind of some traveling, but I have started in my first D&D group. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my God. How many, how many of you play? Um, so we just did, you know, like the initial planning session and then we had our first real session here like a week or two ago. Is that your apartment? Uh, we did it at my apartment this last time, but you know, we're doing it at everyone's because like I said, she lives like an hour away. I think another girl is kind of in between us. It would be like a 45 minute drive. That's so. another reason that Vicky is like an OG pickles and vodka fan, uh, an OG mm-hmm. hot and spicy pickle. She drove so yes. far to come hang out with us. And then she drove, like she spent the night and then she drove back in the morning. But like, I feel like we don't talk about how awesome Vicky is enough on here. <laughs> Um, that's probably true. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. I've thought about getting into D&D. It was really fun. I, I killed something nasty. <laughs> nice. Sounds cathartic. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't quite understand, but it sounded like, you know, um, a house centipede if they were six feet long. Is it like <laughs> a medieval world that you're in? Like, um, is it... it is kind of like a fantasy type world. What do you, what's your character? Uh, so I am a cleric. So you're like um, a priest? Kind of like a, well, I, I'm a new cleric. So I'm kind of, yeah, like somebody that's just um, entered into their their church or whatever and is kind of learning and kind of questioning. Do you I have magical admit, powers? Um, not yet, but I guess there is the opportunity that I could have some. I have to admit that I picked this character. It turns out that there is, because um, they said like, oh, they, they worship like a single god. And I didn't realize it was already chosen for me. I wanted my god to be the Chihuahua of Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep stating that over and over. I'm like, I'm going to defect and worship only the Chihuahua of Chaos. Yeah, can't you, de- can't you convert? <laughs> right? Is that not allowed? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe when I get further in. <laughs> Wait, so what, what is your deity now? Your assigned deity? Um, I don't know, because, you know, I just, like, went out on the adventure with my friend. So I just kind of, like, said, peace out to the monastery. You just <laughs> know it's not the Chihuahua of Chaos. It is not, unfortunately. I would I would maybe be into that. Yeah. I, I'm a pretty agnostic person. But, you know, if it was the Chihuahua of Chaos, you know, who mm-hmm. wouldn't be on board? <laughs> exactly. Um. Okay, so there's a lot of things that you can do to help someone when nothing helps that Mm -hmm. for some people might help and for other people it might make worse and I wanted to talk about those things so I was asking my partner Brett what his answer to this was Mm -hmm. Uh, like what helps when there's no solution and you're just stuck in your feelings and his first answer was weed 
<laughs> uh, and it was kind of a joke, but also kind of not a joke. Yeah, I was going to say, not, not unhelpful. <laughs> and that, you know, of course, that brings us to the topic of harm reduction. And, you know, I love talking about that. I could talk about yeah, it all day long. Self-medicating. Exactly. <laughs> and like, sometimes, like, we wouldn't do it if it didn't help in the moment. But obviously, if you keep doing it, it can make things worse and keep you stuck in that hole. Yes. And so that's where, like, you really have to ask yourself, why, like, what do I need right now? Am I on the verge of a panic attack, maybe, and I can't breathe, and I need to smoke a little weed to, like, get myself out of this? Like, maybe that would be a good thing to do. But, like, on the other hand, I'm so depressed, I can't get out of bed, I can't make my appointments, I'm going to smoke weed because I just want to numb myself out, and then I'm going to continue not doing anything. Like, that's yeah not good. That I feel like is more like my relationship with, with alcohol. Like, I don't think it's a problem if I say, like, oh, you know, like, I'm single on Valentine's Day, so I've decided that... I am going to open a bottle of wine and have some crackers and fancy cheese and have a party where only my dog and my cat are invited. That sounds pretty <laughs> awesome, actually. Exactly. <laughs> and I but... don't even drink anymore. <laughs> but yeah, but on the opposite side, if, you know, like I, <laughs> funny enough, I feel like when I have to tell myself not to do this is after having like a really harsh or a really stressful, stressful, stressful therapy session and that's what if I think like I'm just gonna come home and drink (laughs) to deal with it and I'm just kind of like what that's not actually what you should do (laughs) but again like sometimes it is harm reduction and that's why harm reduction has such a bad rap is that like at the end of the day you're still doing something harmful it might not be as bad as the alternative but you know, by most people's standards, it would be harmful still. And so I think if you're in the position of, like, helping someone or or you need help, like, don't bring people drugs if you know they're an addict and they struggle <laughs> with that kind of stuff. Or, like, right. maybe they're on antidepressants and they shouldn't be doing other drugs at the same time anyway. Uh, I used to do that a lot. When I was on SSRIs, I would do all sorts of drugs on them. And it's, yeah. it's not good. Don't <laughs> no. do that, kids. <laughs> right. I mean, I, my sister comes over and smokes with me all the time when one of us are having a bad day. It's, and, and it ends up with us laughing and watching cat videos most of the time. And that's helpful. Like in the past more, I have struggled with self-harm and I don't really anymore, but that doesn't mean every once in a while when you're just feeling extra shitty, then it just kind of like gets in your head and yeah, you're like, kind of ready to do that and if I think to myself like well if I just smoke some weed then you know like I would kind of like probably mellow out and forget about that and I don't know find something funny to watch instead and it's like that is a better option than yeah some sort of self-harm 100 percent. I mean I I try I've been trying not to say 100 percent lately because what is 100 (laughs) percent but in this situation 100 percent smoking weed is the healthier alternative to exactly. hurting yourself physically. <laughs> right. You know. Um, so if you think that's going to help and distract you, then yes, I would say do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing that I think could be helpful or hurtful is when people get emotional with you. Yeah. Please talk more. <laughs> yeah. So like I am, I've been really angry about the healthcare situation lately. Like I've been really frustrated with my lack Mm -hmm. of resources or with the system's inability to help me. And so I've been expressing that anger to a lot of people. 
And I noticed that some people, like my partner, for instance, he get, I, I use him as an example a lot because honestly, these days <laughs> I don't talk to a lot of people. Like some days I barely get out of the house. And so, That's fair. yeah, most of my conversations happen with him. But anyway, most of my conversations are with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, that's a lot of pressure. Just kidding. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah, he'll get angry with me. Like yeah. he will. He, and 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 he, maybe he thinks it helps, but sometimes it just like it, all it does is just remind me of how angry I feel, and then there's no solution. It's like, and I, not that I want a solution. And that's the thing. Sometimes it is incredibly validating for someone else yes. to m- match your emotion. Like whether it's extreme sadness, like you've talked about grief a lot, where you've experienced mm-hmm. grief with other people and like bonding over that. But like at a certain point, do you feel like it's just bumming both of you out? Like when both of you are like constantly in it together? Yeah, I was thinking of a friend I had and this was a really uh, interesting dance between the two of us because she is somebody that wants you always pretty much to feel what she's feeling. And I had to learn that because naturally I am a very like diplomatic person and willing to see both sides and not absolutes. So, you know, if she's really upset about something, then I'm going to say, you know, like I understand why you're upset, but I can see the other person's side and she just would have to be like, but blah, 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 blah. Like she's not going to be satisfied until I'm as angry about it as her. Sometimes that's what you need. Validation. Yeah. So, but I, I knew that that's what she wanted. So I had to respond that way. But the funny thing is, is she would respond that way with me. And I would have to tell her sometimes, like I came over after a guy had broken up with me and obviously it sucks and I felt bad about it, but I did recognize that it, it wasn't like the worst breakup. He didn't do it in a terrible way. And, and I even felt then, and this did happen, that after, you know, I kind of got over the initial hurt that we'd probably still be friends and we yeah. were, but I had to tell her because I knew her immediate response to anyone breaking up with one of her friends is just going to be like, oh, well, he's just a jerk anyways. Fuck and, him. And, you know, like, yeah, I knew that from the start. And yeah, like he sucks. <laughs> and so I had to tell her first, I was just kind of like, don't say anything bad. You know, it, I don't feel good about it, but you know, it wasn't like a terrible thing. He did not, you know, do awful things to me. He's a fine person. We're just not going to work out. <laughs> That's such a good example. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes I am the asshole boyfriend in this scenario. I'll be just like telling someone what I'm going through and like painting myself in such a negative light and they swoop in. And in this case, it's not that kind of reaction. They're like, oh no, sweetie, you're great. You're so talented. Oh, like amazing. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, I, like my feelings toward myself, like maybe they'll even out, maybe they won't, but that's like personal. Like mm-hmm. I just need you right now to listen to what I'm going yes. through. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me how to feel about myself. Like in that situation, yeah. don't tell me how to feel about that ex-boyfriend. Like just be right. here for me in this moment because I'm feeling shitty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anything else you can think of that like some days it's helped you and then other days it's like my stomach just growled. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, I-, I got an automated phone call. I could tell from my pharmacy saying that something needs to be refilled or is ready and my phone I realized was vibrating on my desk so I immediately grabbed it and was like shit (laughs) take that off I don't want to hear that (laughs) nice though you got new meds 
that's that's exciting yeah um i actually did yesterday this is a really frustrating thing because i have been seeing a psychiatrist and we're trying to figure out something that works <laughs> that's always fun yeah but it means we're always trying new things and we've been changing dosages on one a lot and i feel like i get it refilled at like the past dosage and then i see her and she ups it and then that immediately goes through and then they call me like your insurance came back and said that we can't refill this yet. And I'm like, no shit, because you just refilled the other one. I have plenty. I get it. <laughs> like when it's ready, I'll get that one. Oh my God. You and the insurance, man. Yeah. It, but it's just like really annoying because I feel like I get 40 phone calls and every single one now is on like a different monthly schedule. So they keep calling me like, it's time to refill. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. I opened That's it. Okay. <gasps> Oh my God. I, you know, I might as well talk about this. It's happening in real okay. time. I hate, you know, I have like sensory over overload sometimes. And like my least mm -hmm. favorite thing is when you open Instagram and all the reels, like just bombard oh. you with sound. Like mm -hmm. if you ever send me a video with sound, I will not watch it with sound unless I'm like in a private place with headphones on. Same. I almost never do. <laughs> oh my God. I just opened my phone to do, I don't know what now. <laughs> I literally don't remember what I was doing because I opened Instagram and that video just started playing while we're recording. Oh my God. Um, what were you even talking about? I'm so sorry. Oh, I was just talking about how like I, we've changed dosages on all my meds and so they uh, were prescribed at different times. And so I feel like now I get like 400 reminders, like whenever each one comes up for refill. Oh, yeah. I've been getting fucking texts from healthcare.gov. Because, you know, I don't have insurance. And so at one point I was trying to get insurance and like January yeah. 15th was the deadline. So every day, multiple times a day, I would get phone calls and texts from them Ugh. trying to get me to sign up with an agent. And I thought it would stop after January 15th, but it's still going. Nope. Nope. I still get them. And it's so annoying. Listeners, can you relate? <laughs> so I started my, my current job in 2000, late 2020. So... It would have to be the year before that is when I was actually like barely able to scrape by um, to get the government health care. But since I did not renew when I got my job, which luckily for me pays 100% of health care, they keep bugging me. Yeah, they're like, hey, like come back and you know, like it's it's time to, to renew. You're like, I don't like, need this. Yeah, like go away. <laughs> send them, send them, send them to me. <laughs> right. Uh, I have kind of given up on getting insurance in the near future. Oh, sadly, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so if there's nothing else that you have to add to this topic, I have a proposal for you listeners. Ooh. So next week is our poll episode. So mm -hmm. that's when we put out a question and we get answers and then we talk about it on the episode. And yep. so I was thinking of making this whole topic into like a two-parter. And so this week we're talking about our experiences, but next week I was thinking maybe we could ask our listeners this question and see what they have to say. So what helps when nothing really helps? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that's fantastic. Yeah. So you can talk about like things that have helped you or things you've done to help other people. Like when nothing helps, everyone who listens to this could really stand to hear some good advice. Yeah. And everyone is different. So yeah, everyone's hear, different. Like, 
what works for people and doesn't. <laughs> yeah, we have very limited experiences when yeah, it comes down to it. Yeah, we can only talk about it. our own thoughts. <laughs> yeah, so um, follow us on Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast, and uh, you can send us an email at Pickles and Vodka Podcast at gmail.com. Send us voicemails. I think we should get... Yes! I want to get voicemails for this one. Like, tell us a story. Also, I hear we have some new listeners. I want to get a voicemail from someone we haven't heard yet. Right? Should should we have like a Just prize? Just putting that out there. <laughs> I feel like we should have a prize for the person who sends us the first voicemail who doesn't know Ooh, us. I like that. Um, uh, Surprise prize. <laughs> I, I mean, I can send you a sticker, but I don't know how long it'll take. I'm, I'm going to order another yeah. round of the pickles and vodka stickers. I have one on my water bottle. They're very cute. Um, yeah, let's just say this. If you send us a voicemail and you're a new listener, tell us how you found us and I will send you a sticker at some point in the future. And I will send you a random photo of each of my pets. (laughs) (laughs) We'll send those for free. (laughs) Who are we kidding? But you know, maybe like a vintage one from years ago. (laughs) Vintage Pico. Vintage Pico. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So that's it, I guess. It's a little right. short, but, you know. Yeah. That gives you more time to think on your answer for next week. <laughs> exactly. What helps you when nothing mm-hmm. really helps? Go answer. We can't wait. Go to- answer. <laughs> All right. Um, bye. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>